we, you know, if you think about relationships, like, you know, mm-hmm. at the Power of Communication yeah. event that you guys did, it's like having that connection and intimacy is such an important thing. Like mm-hmm. I see women where maybe their relationships are breaking down or they're losing connection with partner. Mm-hmm. And especially if your partner's love language is like touch, yeah. right? That it's, it is figuring out how to carve that time out mm-hmm. so that you can feel relaxed, right? Yeah. Because that's super common, like especially parents with like new babies yeah. or like little ones where I have parents, they're like, even if it's an infant beside them, they're like, oh, I don't want the infant to see me having sex. I'm like, they're not going to, they're not going to know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it starts then when the children yeah. are little that we start retracting into ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think those muscles stop functioning. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoated podcast, where every week we bring you real, raw and unfiltered conversations designed to motivate and inspire you on your journey through motherhood, relationships, and career. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Thanks for spending this time with us. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome today. (laughs) We are talking about all about the pelvic floor. And we have Kareen, who is the proud owner of Care Physiotherapy, and has specialized in the field of pelvic floor therapy for close to 30 years. She is a graduate of the University of British Columbia's, or, okay, here, let's, we'll go back to this, Um, (laughs) School of Rehab Sciences. Kareen has worked as a physiotherapist in a myriad of healthcare settings in both the United States and in Canada. She has taken numerous postgraduate courses focusing on women's health, men's health, pelvic floor dysfunction, and orthopedic manual therapy. Kareen frequently lectures on many topics, including pelvic pain, male and female incontinence, core strengthening, and injuries related to pregnancy and male and female sexual dysfunction. Welcome, Kareen. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Yes. Okay, what I was going to say, because I totally digressed there, was UBC. Yeah. So you went there. Yes. So did I. So the funny thing is, is that... People make fun of me here in the Okanagan and when, who didn't go to UBC, they always know you went there, especially on the the Vancouver campus because you blend, like you say it like the paper they have there, like U-B-S-S-E-Y, like UBC instead of here, they use all the letters and they say U-B-C and they say U-B-C-O and they pronounce it all. So I wondered what you said. I say UBC. Yeah, exactly. Like Vancouver. So there, whoever whoever didn't believe me, it's a thing. And Kareem went there 30 years ago. She believes. Okay, thanks. So anyway, welcome. Tell us about your pelvic floorness. Well, like, again, I could go, you you guys can like rein me in if I go on and on. But essentially the pelvic floor affects men and women. And I'm passionate about it because it's uh, like the root of our pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a lot of taboos and shame around the pelvic floor. So even... I tell my patients, like if they're parents and they're educating their kids about their body parts, that we have to stop like shaming Mm -hmm. and saying, well, especially for females, right? Like little girls, they're taught that this is like, oh, you know, close your legs or don't, don't, don't open your legs. Don't show that body part. Whereas for boys, it's often like we treat little boys differently. Mm -hmm. So I think hopefully our culture is changing with that. But I grew up, the reason I'm passionate about it is I grew up in a family where my mom did not talk about periods. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about sex. It was just, and she's European, she's from France. So like, it was just not talked about. 
and kind of just swept under the carpet. Oh right? yeah, we do. I'm Polish. We did not talk about it. Just don't talk about no. it. No, yeah. it's still it's still weird to me when my mom mentions sex around me. It's like, I'm like oh my god, no. <laughs> you're like, don't talk about it. I'm don't try, talk about. I don't, yeah, in my head, I'm screaming, please stop. But I'm allowing her to be open because. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm open with my kids because that's something I didn't want to put my kids, right? So yeah. my kids are very comfortable with their bodies. They're yeah. running around naked still. Sometimes like, you know, my husband's <laughs> like, yeah, they're just walking out in the shower. Hey, daddy. You know, like full on butt naked. They're 11, going to be 11, right? So at some point, you know, girls get a little bit shy. Yeah. Not my children. <laughs> but it's funny how I, like if my mom talks to me, I'm like freaking out because I didn't grow up with that. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, so like when I talk to people about the pelvic floor, it's it's a huge muscle group, but it all starts in our mind, right? Mm-hmm. Our thoughts, what we were taught in school, culture, mm-hmm. religion, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I right. think it is important, like any change we can make for our kids, like my kids, they're just like, la, 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 mom, stop talking <laughs> about it. But I want them, right, to feel yeah. comfortable about approaching sex as pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think in our culture, sex ed is more about don't get a sexually transmitted mm-hmm. infection, right? Don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. right? And that's all fear-based, right? And so I think if we can look at it more for like, more about healing the pelvis from more that pleasure, joy, and empowerment, empowerment right? Mm-hmm. Um, then those muscles can kind of be resilient and strong. Um, so I treat a lot of patients that at different parts of the lifespan. So earlier we were talking about having a baby, mm-hmm. right? So I treat lots of patients who maybe have just become pregnant and I help their pelvic floor muscles be optimized throughout their pregnancy so they don't get a lot of back pain, SI pain, um, and then for the birth, mm-hmm. right? And then I treat a lot of patients after they've had babies because maybe they're leaking urine, or fecal matter. So nobody talks about women leaking poop, but that happens sometimes, right? That women are in, and nobody wants to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So again, there's a lot of shame and stigma with Mm -hmm. that. So uh, if you think about the pelvic floor muscles, and I don't know if you guys can see it there, um, but it's not just for bowel bladder health, it's for sexual health, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And also it's one of our most important core muscles, so for men too, if those muscles aren't functioning properly, then the spine can't be optimally support, supported. Mm-hmm. And for women too, I treat a lot of women whose whose organs have come like are falling down or right. have descended, prolapse. Mm-hmm. So up to fifty percent of women have prolapse after having children. Right. Some women have no symptoms, and then some women are like, oh. It feels heavy. I feel pressure in my pelvic floor. So seeing a pelvic floor physio can help with urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence prolapse and pain. And so Mm. pain is a biggie. Like we were talking about tailbone Mm -hmm. pain or anal sphincter spasms. That's super common um, with people that sit a lot. Mm -hmm. So especially during COVID, I saw so many people with a lot of pelvic floor um, and that could be like pain in their perineum. It could be vaginal pain for men. It could be testicle pain, scrotal pain, tailbone pain, any any pain in their undercarriage. And often that gets misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. Ah. which is tragic and it's debilitating Mm -hmm. and shame again, right? Like if you have pain in your private parts, it's really hard for people to go to a doctor and say, can you, can you help me? Like people feel ashamed and then sometimes they don't go and the pain gets worse. Right. Right. And during COVID, I think the reason I saw a lot of that too, these muscles are the first muscle group that tighten when we're scared. Mm -hmm. So even an animal, if it's being chased by a grizzly bear, it'll, it'll tuck its tail, right? So Mm -hmm. an animal, like a little puppy dog or a kitty, Right. Yeah, if it's scared, right. 
it tucks its tail. And the reason it does that is so it's going to sh- close all these sphincters off so it can get away from the grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. Right? So even if we're being chased by a grizzly bear, you're not going to stop to poo or yeah. pee in the forest right. yeah. or have sex or have a baby. Yeah. So even for women in birth, it's super important not only that they can relax those muscles, but mm-hmm. get out of that fight, flight, freeze. Mm. So there's a huge emotional component to the mm-hmm. pelvic floor. So I think there's like layers to it, right? Um, and and again, if those muscles can't squeeze and let go, then they're not going to have like pleasure for orgasm, right? Mm-hmm, so we're talking right. about orgasms. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're just chomping at it's the like, woo! That one. Yeah. <laughs> And there's so many women that I treat that have said they've never had an orgasm. Right. Mm. In their whole life, they don't even know what it's supposed to feel like, mm-hmm. which is tragic, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's often for a lot of my patients, either they're disconnected to that body part or maybe um, the muscles aren't like able to squeeze, let go and bring blood flow. Mm. So we were talking about this earlier, right? That the clitoris, the clitoris has these parts that are erectile tissue. Mm-hmm. So right. just like the penis... So when we're in utero, before we become a boy or girl, the penis and the clitoris are the same embryological tissue. Right. Same, same, right? So it's just for men and little boys, they can see that body part and they can connect to it because it is outside their body. But for women, all we see is just that little tip, just Mm -hmm. that little nub. But there's so much more, more of the erectile tissue is actually, so if that's the urethra, Mm -hmm. this actually is like underneath the labia. So it kind of goes like that. So alongside the um, vaginal opening, if we put something in the vagina, like a finger or a toy or penis, whatever goes in there, right? It's more of these erectile bulbs puffing up Mm. that give you the ability to feel sensation. Mm. So when these guys don't get erect, that's where some women are like, you know what? I don't feel I I don't feel orgasm, but else I don't even know I don't even really feel if something's in there, mm. right? Yeah. So it's not just the muscles; it's more is this, you know, can the clitoris actually get aroused and and have sensation? Because that's where all the nerve endings are. Mm-hmm. So can someone bring that back? Like, say yeah, it doesn't work or something. Totally, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's what I do with a lot of patients. I want to do with a lot of patients. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just because, like, um, I'm so curious because I, I just not just oh, come on, uh, <laughs> but from my previous relationship before I got married, mm-hmm. sex was completely different than what it is now with my husband. But even like turning forty, it's even more different. You know, I'm able to actually have multiple orgasms. That's amazing. When I didn't before. Right. Um, the problem I would say I have is because I've had so much trauma down there because I we did in vitro. I did a lot before we got pregnant. I had a lot of surgeries. Um. I had a lot of, you know, poking and prodding and stuff done. And then I got pregnant, had a bad pregnancy because I was pregnant with twins. And then I had a C-section and then just last um Last October, I had a hysterectomy. So it, it's, a lot. it's a lot. Yeah. So relaxing for me is hard. I always, I always, I always tell my husband, be gentle because I'm a virgin. Because <laughs> it feels like I'm so tense mm. at the beginning. Like it's just, you know, but it is all in my head. Well, it's not just... Well, that's a good point. It's there. There is that mental piece. Yeah. But I tell women too in my clinic, I'll say, okay, the pelvic floor is like 
you know, the undercarriage. Mm-hmm. There's so many muscles that attach close to this area and even the muscles that like rotate our hip. Mm-hmm. There's actually um, like these muscles in here. So there's actually hip rotator muscles mm-hmm. that blend into the pelvic floor. So I treat tons of patients, for example, horseback riders, people that have done ballet, gymnastics, figure skating, that have been taught to clench. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not just in your head, Mm -hmm. it's movement patterns that we've had from certain sports. So it's me teaching, making sure muscles on the outside Mm -hmm. and on the inside can all work as a team. And then our diaphragm, the the muscle we use to breathe, works with the pelvic floor like a piston. Mm -hmm. So in a state of anxiety, stress, trauma, I, I have so many clients that have had different, whether it's birth trauma, surgeries, mm-hmm. uh, sadly, sexual trauma, right? They're, those muscles will do anything to protect us, right? So as a pelvic physio, it's kind of looking through the mental, emotional, and physical, mm-hmm. right? And peeling those layers. Um, so it's not just in our head yeah. at all. And the body will be, it'll have, it'll remember the like the C-section, the hysterectomy, like there's there's even just scar tissue mm-hmm. can kind of pull like a spider's web, right? The fascia, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's just how we're breathing. Yeah, mm. I've had patients where all I taught them to do was breathe and get into rest and digest, not fight or flight. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh my God, I had the most amazing orgasm. Mm-hmm. Huh. And so again, if you're being chased by a grizzly bear yeah. and you're in fight or flight, you're not going to stop again to have sex or receive pleasure. Yeah. Right. So sometimes it's it's kind of looking at like that whole all the muscles working like in a synergized kind mm-hmm. of way. Um, so, for example, I have patients, they'll say, oh, when I'm on holiday, I can have mind blowing orgasms. Yeah. But then when I come back home, how come I can't? And I'm like, OK, that's probably a stress response when you're on holiday. You're relaxed. You're not thinking about the laundry and doing dishes and like all that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some really good research actually out of UBC Vancouver. There's Mm -hmm. a researcher named Dr. Lori Brado. And she's actually looked at women with um, low desire, low libido, but also like inability to orgasm. Mm-hmm. And she said out of the research, it's it, so for sure hormones have a role to play, but she said in her research, it's more the stress response. Mm. So she uses meditation with her clients and, and has done that research to help women actually get not just orgasm, but get desire, mm. that hunger for intimacy, yeah. which I think we sometimes lose when we get busy as moms. Right. Right? Cooking, cleaning, and then all of a sudden your partner's like, oh, do you want to have sex? And you're like, ah. <laughs> like you're yeah. like so tired. Mm. So it's about nourishing, I think, again, all those layers of mm. our... Yeah, for me, it's more like we always have a full house. So I don't oh. feel, you know, I'm lock, locking yeah, the door. Yeah. And it's like, you know, is a kid going to come in? If somebody's going to hear, like, totally. it's totally not freeing experience. Mm. But... <laughs> Let me tell you, when we go to the hotel, <laughs> that's like holiday sex. You know, it, it is completely different. So I do agree with that. It, you know, in the house, yeah. for me, it's not like for my husband, he he's like, it's my house. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, whatever. Right? I I'm think like, men yeah, don't care. It's just like over there. there. I don't know. Yeah. My mom lives with us. So I was like, no, You're like, like, I don't want to hear. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but he's like, I don't care. He's like, it's my house. Uh, That's so like, funny. From, I yeah. can't relax fully right. unless there's nobody at home. Yeah. And that's or, that's totally yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So your pelvic floor, like if, again, that's a bit of a fight flight. Yeah. Right. It's going to be holding. Yeah. Right. Instead of like surrendering and receiving. Yeah. Mm. Right. 
So, yeah. Well, yeah. We, we talked about that last time we went to, the, when I was flying before New York. Okay. And went to a hotel. I'm like, man, this is so much better. better. And he's like, well, why why aren't you like that at home? I'm like, dude, we have two kids that are trying in. My mom, somebody's right always there. there. The cat's totally. meowing at the door. It's like... Frick, I can't relax. Yeah, for sure. I can't. So the lesson here is every weekend you need a hotel. That's right. There you go. That's right. Or get out of my house. Get out. (laughs) Or send the kids out. Send the kids and the mom. And your mom. And my mom. Yeah. (laughs) But it is. It is completely different for me when, you know, there's somebody in the house versus when I'm just in the And then in the research, they call that the breaks. So you can have the accelerator, which would be going to a hotel, feeling free, no responsibilities. Yeah. But then the breaks could be like, oh, I hear somebody, someone's going to come in the door. So you might mm-hmm. have to figure out ways to kind of go, okay, what are the main breaks yeah. to me feeling like, again, super sexy yeah. and just kind of go, okay, we have to just plan a time when no one's in the house or it could be like putting earplugs in and an eye mask yeah. and just kind of like getting to that point, like your like your partner says, like yeah. I don't care. But yeah. but again, most women, if they hear something, right? I think it's part of our DNA, mm-hmm. right? Like as cave women, your yeah. your job is to like make sure everyone's okay. Yeah. So it's hard to turn off that part of your brain. Yeah. Right. So that's where I men- just don't want to traumatize the kids. <laughs> I mean, I walked in on my parents once, and like <laughs> and I never that. that was that. I never, never walked back. in again uh, at nighttime because <laughs> I used to. I, I was like my so kids. That is traumatizing. You know? So. Yeah, you don't uh, want that. Yeah, that's no. why. That's why I think too. I have this like lock the door. Just you also that. Don't want your kid to be like <laughs> once Evie was talking about some kid in her class, like from when they, she was at another school, and she's like, "Yeah," and I didn't mean to say her name. <laughs> Cut that out. And so and so says that uh, their parents do a lot of moaning. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just tell them you're doing push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're doing some boot camp. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I gosh. I was like, wowza. So funny. They are getting too smart. But it's too this. smart. But it, but it is, if you think of it like, we, you know, if you think about relationships, like, you know, mm-hmm. at the Power of Communication yeah. event that you guys did, it's like having that connection and intimacy is such an important thing. Like mm-hmm. I see women where maybe their relationships are breaking down or they're losing connection with partner. Mm-hmm. And especially if your partner's love language is like touch, yeah. right? that it's it is figuring out how to carve that time out mm-hmm. so that you can feel relaxed right yeah. because that's super common like especially parents with like new babies yeah. or like little ones where I have parents they're like even if it's an infant beside them they're like oh I don't want the infant to see me having sex I'm like they're not gonna they're not gonna know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> but it, it starts then when the children yeah. are little that we start retracting into ourselves mm-hmm. and that's where I think those muscles stop functioning properly with the diaphragm, pelvic floor, your abs, because they they are in a contracted, protected state. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people, then the muscle's getting tight and tired. Mm. So I have women where they'll leak urine, mm-hmm. sometimes because the muscles are too tight and so in such a protective state from whatever it is, mm-hmm. sports or posture. Mm. And they're the ones that are actually are leaking. So it's not only that these muscles are quote unquote loose, right. yeah. it's that they're not able to move through a full range of motion. So if mm-hmm. you think take an arm muscle or a leg muscle, it can only work properly if it go if it can move properly. Yeah. But you take any muscle, even your jaw, yeah. and if you clench it yeah. long enough, it's going to start causing pain. Mm-hmm. But actually it'll stop like working properly, right? Yeah. Like you'll forget how to be able to let it go. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that can all like, yeah, like become a yeah. habit. So again, I um, like today we're talking more about women, but I treat lots of men. They have the exact same issues mm-hmm. because we live in a stressful culture. 
mm-hmm. and we sit a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what makes our hips and butt muscles like like yeah. tight. And then all of a sudden the poor pelvic floor gets taken along with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'd I'd say it's not just about the pelvic floor. It's kind of about uh all those muscles that work together. Mm-hmm. But again, like postures we have. So lots of my patients, I'm like, I want to know what posture you have at home. I want to know how you're lifting. How are you carrying your baby? And sometimes just changing those little things. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, my tailbone doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. Or I don't have prolapse anymore because I'm I'm not like holding my breath all day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So do you like, going back to like the men piece? Yeah. As yeah. women, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Do you have a lot of like male clients? That I have a ton. In? Yeah. What's the age range? You know what it ranges is like late teens yeah, to all the, like through their 80s, 90s. So the mm. younger guys, like for example, let's say I treat a lot of guys, maybe if they're at like UBC Okanagan. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say kids that are at school, mm-hmm. uh, intense stress. Mm-hmm. So let's say maybe they're studying, they're writing papers, then exams hit and they're just so tight mm-hmm. in their body, but also they're not getting out for exercise because mm-hmm. they're just pounding right. away on the papers. And so what I see with those um, male patients is often they'll go to the health clinic mm-hmm. and immediately they're often misdiagnosed or the doctor th- usually says, oh, you probably just have an STI because mm-hmm. often the their um, symptoms might be like burning with urination, uh, painful ejaculation, uh, pain in their perineum, like in their undercarriage. Mm-hmm. They might say, oh, it feels like there's a golf ball there, or I just can't sit, it's so sore. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are often signs that, again, they're so stressed and so tight and not moving their body. Like they're yeah. not probably going for walks or doing yoga or whatever, right? right? So that's where I see the younger guys. And then mm-hmm. I treat lots of like, Accountants, financial planners, uh, people with a lot of stress, or again, their tax season, mm-hmm. they're sitting and sitting in just so much stress. Yeah. Same thing. They'll say, oh no, now I have post void dribble. Or, and, and again, that's often the muscles are tight and they're not fully letting go. Mm-hmm. And then my older male clients, maybe uh, I treat a lot of men that have had prostate cancer, which mm-hmm. is really sad. But often if they've had surgery, then they might have erectile dysfunction or be leaking urine. Mm. And if they've had radiation therapy, that can affect the tissues too. Mm -hmm. So that's where I kind of see men is like throughout the lifespan. Lots of hockey players. Oh my God, I treat so many hockey players because they're on ice. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you're on a slippery surface, if you don't kind of clench your inner thighs and your butt and hip muscles, uh, I treat lots of goalies, Mm. right? So in the goal, they have to rotate their hips in quite right. And they have to like, jump quickly to get the puck. And stuff. Yeah. So if they've played a lot of hockey their whole life, they might not know they're not letting those muscles relax when they go back home or when they're, right? Yeah, so it totally right. becomes a habit. So how would you start a conversation with something? Well, good something? question. Oh, good yeah. question. Because a lot of these are very sensitive issues, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So before patients come to my clinic, I send them an online form mm-hmm. that has a whole bunch of questions. And it's interesting, often they'll when they come see me after filling out the form, they're like, oh, I didn't realize a lot of these symptoms all interplay. So for example, mm-hmm. let's say I might have a hockey player that says I have tailbone pain, pain with ejaculation and post void dribble. And then they come see me and I'll say, you know, that's all related, right? They're like, really? I thought they were all separate problems. I'm like, no, those are all to do with your pelvic floor, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or maybe also they have a hernia because now their core muscles aren't working, right? Um, so I make them fill out a form that kind of addresses their mental, emotional and physical health. Mm-hmm. So even before they come see me, I have an idea of like, what's their stress level? Yeah, How, Are they really juggling a lot of balls at home, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe they just had a divorce, they just moved and, you know, something happened to a family member, that's going to cause a stress response. Mm-hmm. So again, during COVID, I 
definitely saw like heightened mm-hmm. pelvic pain in a lot of my patients, male and female. So usually that's what it takes is a, a very thorough intake form and then very much discussion, making sure the person feels safe. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my patients I do like intervaginal or inter, like interanal work. But I have lots of patients, I never, if they don't feel comfortable with that, then I can still do a lot treating the muscles on the outside. Mm -hmm. So especially if someone's had birth trauma or sexual trauma, I might never even take their, get them to take their clothes off if they don't feel safe. And I can still do a lot to help those muscles relax. So it's all only up to what the patient feels safe with. Or I treat a lot of teenagers. I, they're, they're usually too young for me. I would say, look, it's not appropriate for me to, but there's a ton I can um, assess on the outside of their body. Mm-hmm. And I already know which muscles they're clenching with because I look at the muscles that are associated with the pelvic floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as a mom, like, let's say of boys, I'm not one. Yeah. But like, how would you, like, yeah. How would you start a conversation if you know something's happening, but they're not gonna like share, like, how do you, yeah. right? Like, that's the thing. It's, and same with girls. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. how do you start that conversation? Because it's not something that, you know, it could be your husband, could be your boyfriend, could be whatever. Right. You may sense or feel or, or you know, overhear something. Yeah. How do you, you know, approach this type of topic? Because that's not something that we talk no. about. No, You know, as moms to be yeah. connected to yeah. our, like girls, you know, like if there's something happening, you know, yeah. there's, like you said, there's a lot of shame and, oh, totally and all is. that kind of stuff. So how, like, what is your advice to like us? Yeah. And to- I think it depends on the age of the child, but even like, you know, any of the books that we get, even when they're eight, nine, 10 years old, um, telling, talk, talking about their body mm-hmm. and even just having open discussions, even just with peeing and pooing. Yeah. Right. So even with constipation or um, kind of just having open conversations with like, oh, well, how often do you have a bowel movement? Does it hurt? Yeah. Right. And at first my kids were like, mom, don't ask me about my poo. <laughs> but now they, they're they more open to saying that. And even like, oh, you know, when you go pee, just like open conversations of like, it shouldn't hurt. You shouldn't have to strain. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what's the color of your pee? Like even those conversations. And then when they're a bit older, like let's say girls um, leading up to when they might start menstruating. Yeah. Just having those conversations about body parts. But kind of saying, oh, you know, if you ever want to use a tampon, you know, the first couple times might be uncomfortable, but then after it shouldn't hurt. And if it keeps hurting, that's an indicator the muscles might be too tight, Mm -hmm. right? Or they can't get a diva cup in. So I treat, again, a lot of teenagers maybe that do, again, sports that create tension. Like, let's say, I'm not saying ballet is bad, but I do treat Mm -hmm. a lot of kids that do ballet. So that's something I tell the parents. I'm like, if your child continues to struggle putting in a tampon or a diva cup, that probably means those muscles are having difficulty letting go. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I try to tell my kids, it's like in any other part of the body. Like we want to, I want my kids to be so comfortable talking about that body part. It's like me talking about my nose. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about our elbow mm-hmm. or our nose, we don't go, like we don't start kind of acting yeah. weird. Um, totally. And I've, I've, any of some of the courses I've taken that talk about how to parent from the time your child's a baby, they start, they say it starts there. So let's mm-hmm. say if you're changing a baby's diaper and maybe the baby had a poo. And if you like wrinkle up your face and you're like, Ugh, and you like make all these noises, that baby is picking up on that communication right away, right? Which is very different than if you're like, oh, you had a poo. Okay, let's clean it up. And you just wipe their bum and you put their diaper on, but there's no judgment on your face. Uh, impossible. 
some of the poops just to smell. Oh my God, You're there like was some gagging thing. I'm like tagging out, tagging out. I'm out. It's like putting like something I, on your nose. Yeah, most your nose. of the time, but there's sometimes it's involuntary. I know. <laughs> when it's like a poop lotion. Oh my God. That's yeah. funny. But I think it is yeah. how we... Um, how we in our own bodies yeah. around. So again, it's like, how do, how do you like lead by example, right? Yeah. So if you even just around the house, don't talk about pee and poo, yeah. then it's harder. I think when they're teenagers to bring up the subject of sex, yeah. right? Whereas from when they're little, like, again, I, I grew up in a European family. So my parents didn't talk about sex and everything, but my mom would always pee with the door open. Mm-hmm. So as kids, we were like, oh, it's just peeing, like no big deal, right? So yeah. even like I, when not now, my kids are teenagers, but when they were little, I just yeah. have the door open and they'd come in and out and I'd just be peeing. And I'm like, no yeah. big deal. So I didn't make it a big thing, right? Yeah. Or if you think of in cultures where they have saunas together, adults, like, like, like yeah. they're, they're just okay with like being seen naked. But again, yeah. that's different than like, talking about yeah right um so i think it's how we as parents talk to each other or in families how we talk about it as how the kids pick up Mm -hmm. on it but if as soon as the subject of anything down here comes up and and if parents go shh don't talk about that in front of the kids then the kids are going to go oh there must be something shameful about that Mm -hmm. maybe i shouldn't talk about that right so i think again using images like in books and saying oh this these this group of muscles is no different than your arm or your leg yeah. Right. It should be able to let go. It should be able to tighten. It's the same muscle group. You just can't see it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so that's how I think. Yeah. I think definitely normalizing the dialogue of peeing and pooing helps all those other conversations. Because again, There's we don't not, talk about pee yeah. and poo. We we in our house we talk a lot about pee which and is poo. good. Yeah. Oh that's my awesome. gosh. Yeah. Even me <laughs> and my husband, when we had a good poo, you're like, you yes. talk about it. <laughs> You, you celebrate that. You celebrate that because those are like... For, they feel good. They feel good like hours after. <laughs> it's like an orgasm. It is. I'm learning a lot of it. Like, like, the Pico has I know, now. right? <laughs> Sorry, honey. Real Ryan unfiltered. So funny. Uh, <laughs> so funny. But I do think... I do think... Yeah, it starts young. <laughs> but even if you haven't started with your kids young, you can still always bring that, that conversation up, right? Yeah. And it could be something like, oh, I heard on a podcast that you know, these muscles are super important for core, Yeah. right? So that's how I bring it up with a lot of people too. I'm like, if you're going to the gym mm-hmm. and you're exercising your core muscles, if your pelvic floor is not optimized, then you're not going to get as much bang for your buck at the gym, right? Mm. So I think, oh, yeah, we're often not or thinking about the, the whole- bedroom. Or in yeah. the bedroom. Or in the bedroom. Right now. So, you know, when we were talking about, oh, what happens if women can't have orgasm or don't have those pleasurable sensations- then for sure I educate my parents or my parents. Oh my God. My <laughs> patients on even like using vibrators or toys, just right? Or that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I'd say, I think the research says like 70% of women, the majority of women cannot orgasm just from penetration alone. Right. So what that means is the clitoris is what needs to be stimulated. Mm-hmm. So the, the women that can orgasm just from penetration, they're like, that's awesome. They're like the unicorns, right? So the rest of us need either stimulation to that erectile tissue to the you know to the whole mm-hmm. clitoris so that could be any type of toy right so i do help my patients figure out okay should we use vibration should we use like what kind of toy do you want to use and then hormones are a huge piece of it mm-hmm. so i treat a lot of women perimenopause menopause so when we have less estrogen to those tissues mm-hmm. that creates um, estrogen we we need estrogen for blood flow right we need estrogen for lubrication so a lot of women might have kind of thin, drying vaginal tissues. 
So um, they might need extra lubrication, like extra lube, mm-hmm. right? Like buy some at the store yeah. kind of thing. So I do try to help women realize if they aren't orgasming, is it because it hurts? Mm-hmm. Is it because it's dry? Is it because the muscles aren't pumping blood flow to that area? And again, vibrators or other toys can bring blood flow, right? And bring more sensation, right? So again, we want to make it fun and pleasurable and joyful, yeah. right? We don't want it to be like one of the myths I like to bust is I think everyone's getting more used to toys with social media, but like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. if most females brought a toy into the bedroom, I think some partners would be threatened. They'd be like, what, right. I'm not well, I'm pleasuring not you enough? enough? Yeah. yeah, aren't I good yeah. enough for you? So I've definitely had patients that said, oh, I can't bring a toy into the bedroom because I think my partner is going to be threatened. Mm. So I think, again, that's where we have to have open, like you said, mm-hmm. power of communication, right? Is yeah. open communication with like, honey, you know, I love you so much. Like, I love what we're doing in bed together, but I wonder what it would be like if we tried this mm-hmm. or like just bringing some curiosity around mm-hmm. what might it feel like. And there's like a plethora of toys for boys too. Yeah. Like that market right. has just exploded. Yeah. Right? Do you think I mean, we've spent like, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, do you think it's part of it's like, because we've spent so much time in the past talking about how like sex is like, you know, penetration, male, like penis and vagina, but that's not how most no, women no. have an orgasm, right? No. And they say in the research, um, in couples where it's women, like, like a woman women? with another woman, they have way more orgasms, right? way more than hetero couples. Mm. So when you put like a man and a woman together, the, the amount that the woman can orgasm compared to couples that are two females, yeah. the, the females have it down because <laughs> they understand each other's bodies, right? right yeah. So again, it's okay to use whatever penetration people want to, but if the clitoris isn't either being like aroused ahead of time right. or during, uh, or you know, making sure the female maybe gets to have an orgasm first and then, right? But just making sure that women aren't faking it because I see so many women where they're like, they just struggle to have an orgasm. They're like, ugh, I just, I, it's taking too long or I just can't get there. I'm just going to fake an orgasm. Oh, so I can just, so many times where it's just common. like, I want to be done. Yeah, just I just want to go to bed. Me I just want to go to bed. <laughs> okay, yay. Like, yeah. That was awesome. Real <laughs> <laughs> raw unfiltered folks. Oh, yeah. But yeah. No, it's true. Me. It's common though. Just in the like, research, I'm like done. the women of, the number of women that fake it is a lot, mm. a lot, a lot, right? But then the more we fake it, then the more the partner doesn't know how to pleasure us because they mm-hmm. think they're doing a good job. They're like, oh, she liked it when I did that. Right. And then it becomes this like vicious this circle. Cycle, yeah. yeah. I sent some pamphlets uh, to Lee. <laughs> uh, no, only, only because after my hysterectomy. Or- <laughs> no, I'm like, you know, oh after the hysterectomy, I, w- I had a lot of fear around. Yeah. Right. right? Because um, there was a lot of healing that needed totally. to go and stuff like that. So we couldn't do the same things at the beginning that we could but then like it was like maybe he's thinking I I don't like it or whatever yeah so you know it was kind of harder for me to talk about it so yeah. I'm just like I'm just gonna like research a couple things what I need him to read I'm like babe I'm gonna send you a couple articles because this is what's happening with my yeah. body right now I'm having a hard time relaxing so, you know, like we did need to use more, more lube, lube yeah. because I'm like, I just like, mm-hmm. I was That's so like, afraid that things are going to totally. tear and pop and whatever. And yeah. I did have infection after infection after oh, wow. my hysterectomy. So I was like, you know, I still wanted to, yeah, but 
in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. So we needed to make adjustments and he was totally, oh, yeah. you know, open and oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it was more for me because I didn't want to make him feel like, you know, I don't want to exactly. or if he's mm-hmm. doing something wrong or, you know, uh, but yeah, so I, I just said, I just said, here's a that's couple cute. of things that's that are going on that is a good one. That's a good way to do it. That is a good way to do it. And, you know, have a read. Yeah. And let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out talking about it. That's great. And, I, and I tell patients too that if you're going to have that discussion, it's better to do it with a cup of coffee in the kitchen. Yeah. Not in the bedroom when you're about During to have sex. Because then there's yeah. like, it's just like a more of a, yeah, out of pressure, emotional, yeah. yeah, kind of. And but I do. I treat lots of women after hysterectomy, after C-section, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. there's scar tissue. It's like figuring out your your new body, and yeah. also I call it the ergonomics of sex. Yeah. So just like if I came and assessed like a computer situation and posture, I I I help my patients figure out what postures their pelvic floor can relax in. Yeah. So I'll vaginally test them and put their legs in different positions, like maybe have their legs into some pillows or have legs over partner's shoulders, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I can feel their muscles relax. Mm. So because those pelvic floor muscles work with your hip and your butt muscles, if your hip muscles aren't relaxed, Mm -hmm. like if you're trying to like support your legs, your pelvic floor can't let go. So Mm -hmm. if you put that on top of a surgery, it's like double whammy, right? Right. So sometimes it's figuring out what position or using pillows under the bum or sideline or like, you know, there's lots of different positions, right? But it's figuring out what works best for that person postpartum after surgery, um, Maybe after a hip replacement, I have mm-hmm. lots of elderly patients. So like, oh, my partner can't do that because he had a hip replacement. I'm like, that's okay. There's like a thousand other positions we yeah. can explore, right? And again, that sex does not have to include penetration. Yeah, right. Right. There's lots of ways to have great intimacy with a partner. And again, like you said, power of communication is like, let's let's create time where we get to connect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be penis and vagina sex, right? Yeah. It could be you both have essential massage or you both masturbate or you watch an erotic movie together or you fantasize or you like role play. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different ways to get the brain and the yeah. body where it becomes fun and exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what sex is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like, it's Thursday. This, right. is what time, yeah. this is what time we have sex. Let's get it over with. Like that's yeah. like, like that's For not me, how we want to live Because like I really did enjoy um, you know, we did one thing one time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what was it? No, I can't. no, it was not. No, uh, yeah, no, it was just, I wanted to experience the whole, you know, closing your eyes yes. and, and the touch, okay. right? So we sat facing each other and all we did was, you know, touch the head. The, yeah. like, nice. It wasn't all about like, let's get on. And then the connection and the sex was so much, mm. um, I don't know, more intense and just because you started to feel like even sitting together, that energy, you started feeling that closeness, that bond and you started getting, you know, aroused or whatever. Right. So it was actually, I do, but I don't, I can't do that in the house. So I just need to kick people out. I sometimes need to kick people out. (laughs) Sometimes it's even like, Kind of like in tantric yoga or tantric yeah. sex is let's say if you you and your partner were sitting back to back. Yeah. So sitting facing away from each other. 
and breathing together. Mm -hmm. So like just noticing the breath together, right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe if it's turning around facing eye to eye and maybe you build up that energy and then you go, okay, we're going to let that sexual energy just simmer. And now we're going to go have dinner. Yeah. And then we're going to da, 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 da. And then you let that energy build. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea of tantric sex, right? Is it's not supposed to just be five minutes, wham, bam, boom, boom, right? You're supposed to breathe, move together. Five minutes, boom, boom. (laughs) Because and sometimes I'm done. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes it comes and it's like uh, literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you know, but then like there's more, right? Yeah. So, but I've like again, I, I in my forties, I don't know, I've discovered like the multiple orgasm thing. It's amazing. It's really working for me. It's really doing it for you. That's pretty awesome. You know, so... um, And I think that's common as we get older. Like I would say that for myself too, compared to my 20-year-old self. Yeah. My 20-year-old self was just faking orgasms all the time because I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel connected. I didn't... Like I was like, what's this all about? Like I might... Like it just... It didn't feel like my clit was alive, right? And I think it wasn't until I had children and felt more like female and then felt like I had more wisdom to kind of say what I wanted in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where as we, as, as women get older, we're, I think we're less afraid to say what we want right? versus when you're 18, 19, 20, right. You're like, Oh, I don't want to make that. I don't want to upset that person. Like I think you're more comfortable with like with your body and you're, it's not all about the, like as in the 20s, it's all show. Yes, You're, You're like there to make sure that they're, they have the pleasure, you know, yeah. it's it's not about yeah. you. No, it's all about them. At right. least that's and then how like, it was. In, you know, yeah. and, and then you're just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's your turn. Uh, it's fuck my it, turn. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing this anymore. And no. I'm going to think about me. And I mean, it's, it's been phenomenal. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. And so. I do think women are more empowered. Again, if you think, if I think when I was in my twenties, I would have kind of, I, you know, I bring condoms on a date, let's say, but I'd be apprehensive to bring them out. Whereas now the 20 somethings now they're like, oh yeah, I bring the condoms. I bring my sex toy. Like, so I think Mm. women, younger women now are more empowered to be like, no, I, I want to have fun in the bedroom. And because of being able to order stuff on the internet. Right. So I think, I think it is good. Women are, yeah. Say no, it both, both parties should have pleasure, whatever that looks like, whatever gender, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever the relationship is, right. That we want it to be fun. And and again, have that emotional connection Mm -hmm. kind of right. And sometimes not have the emotional connection. You might just be having solo sex. So I tell that to my patients too, like sex does not have to include another person. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think when we're really good at having solo sex with ourselves, that's what makes us even more able to have it with another partner. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do a lot with my patients. I'm like, look, if you don't know what brings yourself pleasure, it's really hard to explain it to a partner. Yeah. Right. And so like you said, with, with, with your partner, when you were just touching and just like exploring each other, Mm -hmm. I get my patients, even just every time you have a shower in the morning, it's just taking time to like, notice, like, what does the soap feel like? Mm -hmm. Or when you have your coffee, what does it smell like? So you're just like present in your body. Yeah. Because if we don't practice it a little bit all day long, then when it comes to sexy time at night and all of a sudden you have to be in your body, you're like, oh, I haven't practiced that. I haven't practiced breathing. I haven't been, you know, so that's where meditation and again, Mm -hmm. connecting to all the senses Mm -hmm. all day long makes for like mind blowing sex. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And just building that excitement with your partner. Because I think a lot of us were disconnected, right? Like, like I have a lot of patients, I'll say, what does your soap feel like in the 
bathroom, right? Is it slippery? Like, what, is, what does it smell like? They're like, oh, I don't know. I've never really like, smelled it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you should like choose choose the things in in your shower that bring you joy, yeah. right? Like what? maybe get a different shampoo that smells amazing. That's going to make you feel more embodied mm-hmm. to maybe connect in a sensual way with someone later that day, right? right? So I think it's an all day thing. All day. Sex, right? Yeah. Like imagine like, you know, if you have like a date, and you and you um it's your first date with that mm-hmm. person all the things you do to get ready that's what builds the excitement because mm-hmm. you're like oh what am i going to wear yeah. and what you know all the things whereas i think when we've been with a partner for a long time you have to try you have to put a little bit more effort mm-hmm. into like getting there yeah yeah what's that book um is it like she comes undone or like come come, oh, as, come you, as you are yeah, is and amazing she tells you to stand in the mirror and like talk about your body and the parts you like about your body yes so that you can get yourself eventually in the mood because if you can't feel that you are like attractive or that you know then you're never going to feel that with a partner because you're always like freezing up yep big time right and and that in that book she talks about those being the breaks breaks, right right so that could be our own self-loathing self self-loathing or -hmm. we don't like how our boobs look after breastfeeding or Mm -hmm. our butt or whatever yeah she said that'll just shut down that energy Mm -hmm. when you're trying to have sex um and I again, just that, say turn off the lights. Yeah, that's what I tell my husband turn when I'm not feeling it. I just turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. I need it dark, and, I, and then he listens because he knows. <laughs> like then I'm more comfortable. Yes, you know whether yeah. when I feel good about myself, my body, like leave the lights on. Whatever. You're like, right. But when You're I'm like, not, I went to like, the gym every day this week. Yeah. <laughs> You're Keep the lights, lights on. on. <laughs> I haven't been in the gym for a month. And a half. But I think it's true in that book. She said, figure out what your breaks are. Mm -hmm. So let's say if it's like, okay, I'm afraid someone's going to come in the door. Then you work on locking the door, right? And then if it's like, oh, I don't like how my boobs look, then it's like, oh, maybe I'll wear a sexy negligee that covers that part I don't like. Mm -hmm. So you're removing the breaks. Right. And then the accelerator would be like, oh, I had a nice bubble bath. I had a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, put all the dishes away bonus, right? Yeah. So it's all those little things of turning on the accelerators and off the brakes. Right. Yeah. And then the body's like, oh, I'm open to receiving. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it's not just, I think it's never just the public floor, right? Yeah. It's like all the things connected kind of to like. Mm. It's like a holistic approach, I guess. I guess. Like yes. everything. <laughs> Darn it. You're saying me into right? I know. Oh, I keep leaning in this chair know. like I'm five. But anyway, <laughs> what about like, okay, incontinence. Let's talk about yes. that for a minute. Because so, I said to someone when you did that talk at Body Bar, I was like, the person beside me, I was like, you know what? Sometimes I think that I stop myself from having an orgasm because I think I'm going to pee. Yes. And that's is common. this a thing? It's a very, yeah. uh, it's very common. So that can be like the coordination of the muscles, right? So kind of like if you go to boot camp or something mm-hmm. and you need the muscles to be coordinated to jump on and off a box, let's say. Same with the pelvic floor. When you're about to orgasm, those muscles are working hard to bring you to orgasm. But then sometimes if your muscle can't like kind of hold back the pee and orgasm, it's kind of like pat your head, rub your tummy. Mm -hmm. So there are certain types of Kegels I'll teach people to like practice their coordination versus let's say if you said, oh, my problem is I can't hold the pee as I pull up into the driveway and hold long enough to get to the front door, that might be an endurance problem, mm. right? So just like if I was testing an arm or leg muscle at the gym, I, I'm always figuring out, okay, is it a coordination problem, endurance, maybe they're not letting go, um, you know, and even... I always joke with my patients is even if you were having intercourse and a little bit of urine leaked out, 
most partners don't even know because it's all like other bodily fluids happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's the fear of possibly peeing. You're right. It'll, it'll just stop the orgasm. Yeah. And then it's right? like, oh, this is like, you're like, that was now. not fun. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's a common thing. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, and again, this kind of might sound nasty to people, but if I have patients that have had an anal sphincter tear um, with a birth, mm-hmm. they might leak fecal matter mm-hmm. at different times where they're not wanting it to come out, even in a sexual situation mm-hmm. or um, pass gas when they don't want it to come out. Right? right. So there can be tearing that happens like from the vagina all the way through to the anus. So then it's like a now you've got fecal problems. Right. On top of the urinary ones. Right. Man, being a woman it's sucks. It's not like, fair. You give birth to these like I know. babies and then it's not fair. And they ruin your boobs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and they oh. ruin your but that's yeah. where pelvic physio can help right. is getting that back. And, and like we were saying early, earlier birth prep. So I think if more women, uh, like saw a pelvic physio before having the baby, right. Then less damage, prob- like less damage occurs during the birth. Mm-hmm. So then less likelihood for incontinence and the, like mm, all the yeah. all the rest of it, right? I wish so, we knew more about it. I know. I know. They don't teach us. They don't no. teach you get help. Like my sister-in-law went right after and she was like, oh yeah, someone was always up in there like helping me figure out what muscle to use and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I feel like somebody should say, oh, and when you're done or before, go see a pelvic yes. floor specialist. Yes. And I wish like magic wand, like if there was government funding to fund that because a lot yeah. of women don't have access to it. Let's right. say if they don't have extended benefits. So in France, uh, I don't know about what how, what it's like in Poland, but in France, I think they get 12 visits paid for right after they have the baby. And, and that's 12 physio visits. And it's mm-hmm. the physio who says whether or not the person can go back to exercise, go back to running or mm-hmm. boot camp, oh. right? Because I think I see a lot of women fall through the gaps. Those Europeans, yeah. they really know. I know. Well, you know. I know. Oh. It's just the funding is <laughs> like care. different. <laughs> we care. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It starts with the education with our kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too, right? To yeah. be connected to those muscles. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you were talking about like, you know, uh, all I know about pelvic floor is Kegels. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, good question. So, yes. Yeah. So can you like expand on, because you said... Kegels is to like help build and contract, but then when you're super tight and then exactly. like, what do you do to relax? Like, mm. right? Good like, question. Yeah. So the first thing is the breath, mm-hmm. right? So even if you're meditating or deep breathing, so when we inhale and our rib cage expands, mm-hmm. our pelvic floor relaxes. And then when we exhale, our diaphragm and pelvic floor kind of contract together. So mm-hmm. there's kind of this inhale, exhale, always happening with the pelvic floor. So breath is the most important thing to start with. So it could be like one nostril, like pranayama breathing. Yeah. So I'll test my patients vaginally as they breathe and figure out which breath like helps them relax mm-hmm. the best, right? And then like definitely hip stretching. So let's say like happy baby in yoga. Yeah. So a lot of hip opener kind of mm-hmm. stretches. Um, and then the third thing would be throughout the day, noticing if you're clenching your bum. So just like TMJ. Like yeah. a lot of people clench their jaw and they don't even know they're doing it. So most of my patients with a tight pelvic floor, nine times out of 10, they're also like have tight hip or butt muscles. Mm-hmm. So sometimes from like, again, previous sports posture, people that cross their legs all day, like, you yeah. know, that like, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes that creates like tension because you have to kind of have tension in your inner thighs to hold them that way. So it's, it's again, it's sometimes me helping with the patient 
go through their day and I'm like, hmm, how do you sit? Like, what kind of sports do you do? Like, what's your stress level? Right. And then that's how I teach them how to relax. So let's say if they have a weird posture at work, yeah, I look at that and then that, that helps those muscles let go. Mm-hmm. Right. Or um, asking them, yeah, like, do they stretch? Do they, yeah. right. Like, let's say for you, if it's like, oh, do you do hip stretches or, yeah. um, but I, I bet a lot of it is like you said, the C-section hysterectomy and like previous right. Um, even having yeah. twins, all yeah, that, all of it. those muscles probably learned habits of how to yeah. hold. Yeah, And then it would be like working with like a pelvic physio, just like number one, getting assessed. So then you're like, yeah. okay, like I have some patients, they it's more just tension on one side. Yeah. Mm. So it might just be tension on like one side of their pelvic floor. The other side's perfect. Yeah. Right. Right. And same with my male patients too. It yeah. might just be one-sided, especially my hockey player patients, because they're always like, hitting mm-hmm. the puck one way. Yeah. So one side, they're usually quite strong and the other side, yeah. yeah. So sometimes it's just an imbalance. Right? Just like yeah. if you had a tight I neck muscle. Like, when right? I, yeah. Like if you had a neck muscle doing that and you just like... Yeah. Yoga was like... I was just about to say, when I was <laughs> doing yoga every day, I was having you were the good. best sex of my life. Yeah. Like, ah! I swear. Yeah. We were like, probably I felt my best shape because it was like Bikram's yoga every day. Yeah. So wow. I was like in shape. I was like... Having all the sex, Woo. and it was, I think, because of maybe breathing, I totally was breathing and stretching and stretching, you know. And I was so flexible. I used to cramp. Yeah. It's so funny before I started. So, and when was I was sex on top, or yoga? No, well, sex. You know, you're on top, yeah, and your legs are spread out for a, a whatever. At some point, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm like, no, that I'm not orgasm. I, I my legs were my cramped. Hip is seizing my, up. Yes, and then he had to like slump me off. So then when I started yoga, I literally solved that problem very that's quickly. why yeah they were now just, i can do more position like yeah. she's like more flex- yeah the yogis so. are crazy <laughs> like i remember being at a party once with a bunch so of yogis funny. and yeah. like this like couple of yoga instructors who were together <laughs> were having sex in one room and they were yelling thank you to the yoga instructor and i was like why were they thanking him and they're like best sex of my life because you're so flexible <laughs> that is awesome so, yeah and Whew. best orgasm. Yeah, yeah. yes. Whew. So it is, it's the, it's all that. It's the, um, not just the breathing and the stretching, it's the mm-hmm. decreased stress response. Wow. So again, back to Dr. Lori Brado, right at UBC, where she said, it's the, it's our, it's our heightened stress levels mm-hmm. that are usually kiboshing the sex yeah, wow. and libido and desire and mm-hmm. ability to orgasm. So I bet the yoga, it was like de- decreasing your stress yeah. levels. And that, and, this, and then, the, yeah. and then being embodied. So, yeah. like yoga, really makes you present in your body. Yeah. It does, like super duper, right? So, I think that's what makes us more present with the. Mm-hmm. With the yoga. So yeah. everyone should go see you. Is basically the moral <laughs> story. And start yoga and do yoga every day and do yoga and solo sex yeah. and solo sex. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think for our teenage girls or girls growing right. up mm-hmm. is again like how to have pleasure yourself yeah, and, ha- and be okay with that. And then you can bring it. And then, if, and even if you never meet someone, yeah. at least you still have good connection with yourself. Yeah. Right. Cause I think boys, right. they know how to do that. Like from the time they were little, like their private parts are just there and they're in the tub and they're like, Ooh, look at my penis. And like, they're used to touching and playing and exploring. Right. Mm-hmm. But as I think our girl, like our, our, our daughters and the, and the girls in our culture, we, we don't see that in movies, right? Yeah. You don't see like, Oh, it's okay to touch those parts in right. privacy in the privacy of your own room in a safe space. Right. Whereas yeah. I think boys, because it's just exposed, like they are totally yeah. connected. They know right. everything yeah. about that part of their body. Mm-hmm. I have patients that have never even looked at their vulva. Mm. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, you want to like get out a mirror, get connected to that body part, because let's say what happens if you had cancer, right? What happens if you had a lesion on your vulva 
and nobody's looking at it, like that yeah. could be a problem, right? So even just from a basic healthcare perspective, right? I think it's important that we know what our body parts look like, feel like. Right, yeah, that right? makes sense. Like, right? if you never knew what it looked like, then yeah, you wouldn't know. No. Yeah. And then again, that, there's that shame again, right? right? Where you're like, you don't want your partner looking at it because if you've never looked at it, mm. you're probably not going to want the doctor or a partner or like anyone mm-hmm. to look at it, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's important. I think when I have patients going for a pap smear, I have lots of patients that have excruciating pain during a pap smear because the muscles are tight and the, and the doctor can't even get the speculum in. And then that's traumatic. That's me. Right? That's so traumatic. Yeah, you had that. I had that my actual like, really? gynecologist before I went to hysterectomy. We were going to do ablation. And then, so I needed to go in and get a pap test and she needed to take, you know, like yeah. um, a sample of my cervix kind yeah. of thing, right? She could not like, she. my body goes was like, into, no, it, it literally goes into shock and wow. I start shaking. I start crying and I tell her, just go for it, just do it. But she, no. she... She didn't know like me first time meeting right yeah. so she did ask me if I was sexually abused yeah. because the response that my body has now to all of that wow that's why I'm working on that piece yeah because I did have a lot of trauma throughout the years yeah that yeah I could like I've had lots of patients like that where they just yeah. start like shaking yeah. yeah or crying my legs my everything and like yeah. and I just like like oh, yeah. push everything out. Like it just, we can, so I did go to wow. the ablation, but again, we didn't, she actually couldn't do it because I was so uncomfortable wow. even under anesthetic. So then we decided the hysterectomy was the best. I still have my ovaries. Yeah. I just, the tubes, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And the, yeah. Then it definitely was, those muscles have a habit of, like, yeah. That's you being chased by a grizzly bear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the like yeah. fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so definitely there's ways of like. Relaxing that piece. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. feeling safe in your body. That's why I send like the pamphlets to uh. me. Right. <laughs> <'Cause I'm> like, <laughs> I, w- I don't want to have that reaction yeah. like no. when they, you know, like we're you're just getting like, intimate or whatever, right? So they're shaking. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But with, crying, your, par- yeah, with your partner, you probably feel safe. I do feel safe that with is, him. Yeah. 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 So no, that never happened, but it's still like, yeah. you know, just FYI, this is what's happening because yeah. it started becoming more and more um, intense, the That's reactions to, yeah. you know, And it kind of builds and it builds yeah. yeah and you know I already feel anxious going in and yeah. trying to do the breathing and not feel but as soon as I'm there and she tells me to scooch down yeah it's, it's like, like it's a trigger yeah and it's game over for me and I'm all like it's yeah. just yeah so I have lots of patients where I'll give them like strategies of what to do even before they scooch down mm. so whether it's doing like happy baby some hip openers like you say the yeah. deep breathing and like even having so if I were to like patent new gynecological beds. Remember how I said we need leg support? Yeah. There's no leg support on those things. Mm -mm. So it's hard to relax your pelvic floor muscles. If you're, if you, if you don't hold some tension, then your leg's just going to fall off the table. Right. So I think there should be like side panels, Mm -hmm. like the side of a couch to let your legs relax into. Yeah. Mm. And then it would be so much easier to like do the yeah. thing they need to do. But otherwise your heels are in those little stupid heel cups. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, right? It's kind of like, unc- yeah. It's yeah. not, no. So it, so I sometimes get patients bring pillows with you so your legs have something to relax into mm-hmm. when you're at the doctor's office. Yeah. Like that's sort of an idea. So again, it's looking at the ur- ergonomics of like whether it's sex, pap smear, yeah. and, and seeing if we can modify. Yeah. Some man designed that. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And you're so vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, the amount of people that I've had 
up in there. Yeah, up in there. So I, I did. Like I had like tube flushes. I had oh. a uh, laparoscopy. Wow. I had a... Another thing that I had to have done because I was getting tons of bladder infections. So it was just like nonstop. And then I got pregnant and then... Wow. Yeah, it was... Yeah. And IVF can be very traumatic. Oh my gosh. When I was doing it, you guys... It's so traumatic. Now they put you under, they harvest your eggs. The shit, they put like the gas mask or whatever and it did not work. So I literally went in with no anesthetics to have my eggs harvested. So the needle poking through, like, you know, and all I could think of... Okay, my husband's going to like totally (laughs) fucking hate me. Is that he's next door checking off and <laughs> into, I, the cup. into the cup and you're getting and needles I'm getting like live on needled okay and things getting sh- yeah sorry real raw and unfiltered but like you know that was it's his tr- part that's all, all fun he and pleasure off. yeah <laughs> into a that's cup into a cup <gasps> yeah and Watch I'm like, porn. yeah, yeah. No, no. He, yeah, that is yeah. not, that's not no. fair. Oh, right. No. It's so not fair. Put me under. But back then now it's, I think, you know, there was complaints about, oh, but that's yeah. why Jeez. I have all this trauma from like, you know, these, uh, these babies. And all the hormones they put the you hormones. on, like the whole experience oh is very traumatic. 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 Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's called triple C. Clomid. I was on Clomid oh, for a long oh. time and I, they upped my dosage to three. So I, I could go through all the motions in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. One point, Lisa, please don't kill me. <laughs> but that's another. But it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, but here we are. Here we you are. Beautiful kids. 11 years later. Having multiple orgasms. You're I'm like, in woo! my 40s. Let's <laughs> get her done. No. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So, uh, all, right, all right, but I mean, it's like we are. Okay, are we almost we out of time? Right like, okay, I'm just pulling up some rapid fire questions. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> give me a minute. Sorry. See, I knew it was going to And happen. I think it's true. At any age, we could have awesome orgasms. Yeah. Like I have patients in their 80s, they're rocking their sex life. Uh-huh. So that's one of the myth busters. That. Oh, that's a myth At any buster. age. You can still have great sex. My stepdad's um, like mom married a guy who was like 20 years younger than her. And wow. at the time that she remarried him... We were all like, wow, she's really old to get married. Then she lived to like a hundred and something Whoa. and just like rocked life. That is she amazing. Was loving life with this young I love guy. that. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure they had great I do like old younger men. Sex. That's why my husband's <laughs> younger than me by four years. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we usually do the rapid fire questions about parenting. So okay. like, what is some of the best um characteristics that your children have? Aw. Um, well, they put up with all my vagina talk. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Vagina penis talk. Yeah. Yeah. I would say they're just, yeah, they're very open and to my craziness, I Mm -hmm. guess. And yeah, they're sweet kids. Nice. Yeah. And what's um, the most important lesson one of your kids has taught you? Or it can be all of them as a collective. I don't know how many kids you have. I have two. They're 15 and 17. Oh, nice. The most important... um, I think just family and connection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, I'm sure with your kids too, right? It's just a deepening and connection that I've, a profound love that I never thought I would ever feel, mm-hmm. right? Which I I would say most parents feel kind mm-hmm. of, but like, yeah, I think uh, they taught me how to love at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I would say. That is nice. Yeah. What is one value like that you have as a family, do you think? One family value that's really important to you? Ah, uh, I would say joy. Mm-hmm. And pleasure, right? And fun. Because mm-hmm. when I grew up in a you know typical yeah. European family, there was no fun. 
Right. Like I lived on a farm. My brother, my sister, and I just had to work our asses off all the time. Mm-hmm. My parents never took holidays. They just worked so hard. Mm-hmm. And so I've always tried to instill that more like time to like ski and have fun and hike and play and like connection through adventure and like activity kind of, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Like more fun. Yeah. More fun. Yeah. That life isn't just like like hard live picking up rocks Don't all summer for today and then my last question was going to be although you maybe answered it with that question yeah like what is something that your parents did that you were like i am not doing this as a parent like oh the work. the whole no fun no fun business no yeah fun. <laughs> and and you know they were just hard workers right yeah. like i'm sure they didn't mean for us to like not have mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. but in hindsight my siblings and i we've talked about it we're like was it weird that we never had a summer off we just did chores like mm-hmm. all our friends would be off doing stuff yeah and if we had friends come visit the farm like no kids wanted to come over right because they were they'd be like you pick rocks you pick rocks <laughs> and we're gonna <laughs> yeah. so they're like I mean I love my parents daily but they just worked so hard and I kind of feel like they never got to like s- have fun okay. right and when I think when you aren't brought up having fun I think they don't even really know what they missed mm-hmm. but I don't want my kids to miss that yeah yeah oh, that's yeah nice. yeah Amazing. Well, thank you for coming. And where can people find you if they want to? Oh, so probably Instagram is probably the easiest. So my business is Care Physio, but it's with a K. Mm Yeah. So K-A-R-E-P-H-Y-S-I-O. And yeah, they can, or any other awesome pelvic physios in Kelowna. So I'm passionate about making sure wherever people live. Mm -hmm. So even if people are listening and they're in a different province or country, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. To make sure they reach out for what they feel they need. Yeah. Whether that's pelvic physio or chiro massage, whatever. Like I think just to optimize our health, Mm -hmm. right? But at the pelvis, like I said, I think nobody talks about it. So that's why it's awesome today to just be like, like I want to just keep talking about it. It's so fun. Thank you for having (laughs) us. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Thanks for having us on your show. Imparting your wisdom with us. It was great to have you, Green. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. That was fun. Yeah. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you feel more empowered, moved, and inspired. Be sure to check out the show's description and follow us on social media at Let's Not Sugarcoated Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, check out our YouTube channel where you can view and subscribe to our latest episodes. What you have to say matters, so send us your feedback and ideas on what you'd like us to talk about so we can serve you better. And remember, motherhood is a team sport. 